One by one. All right, all right. One by one is going to be here all weekend long, which is such a blessing to us. So make sure you go and meet them, say hi to them, give them tons of high fives, and thank them for being here because I know this is a busy time of year for you guys as college students. So uh, we have an incredible blessing this weekend. We're going to have a lot of different guest speakers sharing God's word with you guys. And if you haven't picked up on it yet, the theme for this weekend is This Changes Everything. And it's all about how no matter what has been going on in your life up to this point, how a relationship with Jesus Christ can change everything for you moving forward. There's a couple of things, uh, students, that you uh, hopefully got when you registered and came in. The first one is this book right here. It's the Interactive Student Book. And if you open that up to, I think, page six, there's going to be a spot where you can take notes on tonight's main lesson. And it also has some of the, the most important passages that we're going to be exploring. And as you go home tonight, there's also a, a, a small group question, a series of questions in there. So uh, at, depending on how you normally, you know, get ready for bed, I know a lot of us do the late night Bible studies. We just read, you know, hours and hours of scripture every night. We stay up really late. Okay, is that just me? Is this, is this, okay. Well, you know what? If you want to do something tonight with your group, there's a small group in there that you can do as well. So hopefully you got that. The other book that you got is, uh, we printed this one ourselves, and it's got the schedule in it. It's got an introduction of all of our different speakers and tons of great info. But the speaker that we get to hear tonight is Jeff Walling from Pepperdine University. He's the director of the Youth Leadership Initiative there. He speaks at churches and youth conferences all over the country, all over the world, and we are beyond blessed to have him here tonight. So let's bring up Mr. Jeff Walling and give him a huge round of applause. Oh, there we go. That was awkward, but we're good. We're good. I'm just going to leave now. What a total treat it is to be here. Uh, I am I'm thankful that I uh, did not have to sit on any of the chairs. It's clearly they are fragile, so just be careful wherever you're at. It is a joy to be here at Springfest. It's a joy to be here for a number of reasons. One, we drove up, my wife and I, and we stopped and saw one of the super bloom spots. Are you guys aware of the whole super bloom thing that's going on? I just like saying it. Say it with me. Super bloom. Yeah. Super bloom is what's happening here in our state because we've had so much rain. And if you go down to Antelope Valley down by Lancaster, there are like these huge hills covered with poppies. Just, just, a, just like somebody took a spray can of orange and just zapped the hills, only they're all these beautiful little flowers that God's made. So that was a blessing to get a chance to come up here. Not, not so much super bloom right here in Bakersfield, but other places in, in Central Cal, it's, it's, it's blooming up. But what I love here is I walked in here and heard the laughter and the joy and heard you guys singing and praising. So there's kind of a super bloom going on right here this weekend. At least it can be. Because tonight we get to kind of lay the foundation of being able to make a choice. First off, I want to give you greetings from Pepperdine University. And I was so glad to see ACU and Oklahoma Christian represented. And, oh, is there anybody else here? Did I just uh, leave somebody else with it? Huh? AIM. Oh, man, the wonderful AIM program, Adventures and Missions, all kind of cool stuff. And uh, I did not know. Jesse, I had no idea that ACU did beach volleyball. I, I, I don't know how far you have to drive for that, but it sounds like an awesome program. Give me just a little bit of a hard time. There is no competition between lighthouses. Let me clearly say that if you are looking for a great college experience, be sure you go someplace where faith and education are put together. And that's what happens at places like ACU and Oklahoma Christian and uh, Lipscomb, the AIM program where you get to get a very unique kind of education, but also at Pepperdine University where uh, our beach volleyball is, strangely enough, on the beach. And so we would love to have you guys check Pepperdine out, talk to any of one by one, and they'll share a little bit about that. Today is uh, admit day, which meant it was difficult on campus. We had two thousand students and their parents show up and they just basically blanketed campus all these students who had been admitted some trying to decide if they're going to go to Pepperdine or not others who already made the commitment so it was a fun morning except as I drove down uh, across campus to the uh, one of the gatherings that was going on that I was supposed to speak at at, at breakfast time 
I had my windows down because it wasn't, wasn't bad weather at all. And I overheard two students. Now, these students were unaware that there were going to be 2,000 kids who don't go to that school show up. And parking at Pepperdine is not always easy. Every single possible parking spot was full. There were people parked on the roofs of buildings, I kid you not. There were people who had just kind of stuffed their car up against the sides of hills. It was, it was amazing. And these two students, who normally were able to park right down across from a building where they walk up to for their classes, had had to park on the other side of campus. And because they were late, they couldn't wait for the shuttle, and so they were running around the campus, which, if you've ever been to Pepperdine, it's on hills. That's all we had to build on. It's nothing but hills. Every student that comes to Pepperdine gets their own Stairmaster. It's the campus, and you just walk up and down. And so they're running, and, and you can, I can hear them huffing, and I'm looking over, and I'm thinking, and they were dressed up because it was some kind of, like, wear a suit presentation. Have you ever been in like a, a nice dress, ladies, or guys in your church, you know, your best Sunday or your best go out clothes, and then you had to run? They're sweating. They're upset. And as I drive by, I hear one say to the other, this ruins everything. And I almost just slammed on the brakes and said, please say that again. I want a video. Because this weekend, we're going to talk about that very thing. Can everybody say, this ruins everything? No, 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 no. you you, you got to say it like your mom just told you, no, you're not going to that party. Or no, you can't go to that movie. Or no, you can't go over to your friends. No, but I promised we were going to. Everybody say it. This Yes, yes. Now, I want to demonstrate how it's really done. Can I ask all the parents in the room? If you have a child, would you stand up right now? If somebody calls you mom or dad, would you stand up? Okay. I want you to think back to the last time. And I see my buddy Zach here. Who on occasion, his son Jude is now a year and a half? Two? Two years old. And you know how patient and kind two-year-olds are. When a two-year-old wants something, they first think, will this be convenient for mom or dad? Can I get an oh yeah from all the parents here in the room? The only thing better than a two-year-old is a two-plus, 12-year-old, a teenager who stares at mom and dad and says, you have ruined my life. Not knowing that mom and dad are thinking the exact same thing. So I'm going to ask all the mom and dads to say, this ruins everything. Only I don't want you to face me. I want you to turn around and just pick a set of teenage eyes and look right at them. Look right at them. I'm not saying you're blaming them that they ruin everything. But I want them to see what it really feels like when everything is ruined. You ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. This ruins everything. Oh, give them a round of applause. That was well done. That was well done. And now they're worn out. They will be asleep in four minutes, so just leave them alone, okay? Don't, don't bother them unless they snore. And if they snore, then just hold their nose and they'll wake up. All right. Um, I, got, I got on the internet and I started looking for pictures that people would say, this ruined everything. This just ruins everything. Let me see if you would agree. Here were some of the, 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 the photos that people put up that this ruins everything. Oh, do you know that feeling? Ah! Okay, what about this one? This ruins everything. Okay, this, okay, you got to know. This was a brand new truck driver's first day. For everybody say this ruins everything. <laughs> he is now working at Chick-fil-A. Okay, all right, go, go, go to the next one. Uh, the, the, the line under it was this was some kind of wedding and they were waiting and getting tired of waiting for the pictures and the boy, the little kid said something to the girl about how stupid her shoes looked and she just reaches over and it looks like, you know, is this a toupee? No, it's not. So yeah, that poor kid's face. All right, how about this one? I love, I love this. <laughs> 
the, the, the information behind the picture said she was not permanently injured, but it was one of those, you ever heard, the doors are closing, and she's like, no, i got to get out, boom. Everybody say, this ruins everything. <laughs> okay, this one's, oh. Okay, they were doing pictures for a Christmas card. And mom kept saying, one more, just one more, just one more. And the little girl was saying, I can't wait. Yes, you can. No, she couldn't. Everyone say, this ruins everything. Okay, Uh, buckle your seatbelts. This was my favorite. Here we go. I don't know how it happened, but everybody say, this ruins everything. Now, Jesus tells some stories about people who had one of those days where they said, no, my goodness, this ruins everything. When's the last time you lost something and you thought, oh, no. Anybody here lost their phone recently? Yeah, yeah. Anybody here lost keys? Maybe keys to your house, keys to your car? Yeah, wallet. Oh, who lost a wallet recently? Oh. Okay, let me show you something. This wasn't a picture of mine, but this is what I lost. Okay, now what you, what you may not understand is that the little black thing there is called a fob. Car fob. Now here's what a car fob does. A, a car fob can substitute for keys in some new cars. So that instead of having a key to put in, you just carry the little, the little fob with you, and when you get up to your car, it's pretty cool. If you have your key in your pocket, your car's locked. You get up to your car, you grab the handle, it automatically unlocks. Because, I don't know, it senses the fact that you've got the fob, which is cool. You get in, you don't have to put a key in the socket. You just sit down and punch a button that says start, and boom, you're good to go. Now, if you lost a car key, you can go someplace like Home Depot or maybe a, a hardware store, and you can get a new key made for uh, sometimes it's 15 bucks if it's a fancy key, but between 5 and $20. I lost a fob. It was the only fob we had for the car because we bought it used. And I looked, and I couldn't find the fob. So I just called the dealer, and I said, I I need to get another fob for my car. Oh, no problem. Let me put you over to parts. They put me over to parts. Anytime they put you through to parts, it's not good. So they put me through to parts, and I talked to Benny in parts. Hi, hi, yeah, this is Benny. I said, hi, Benny, my name is Jeff, and I drive, you know, a Toyota, blah, 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 blah. Okay, oh, yeah, no, no, no problem. He clicks it up, and then I hear Benny say, oh, That's not another thing you want to hear when you talk to Benny in parts. He said, we can order it. It's going to take four days. I said, okay, no, no, no no big deal. Then we're going to have to program it. Okay, all right. We actually have to cut a little key thing with it, but we we can get all that done, and we have for you by Friday. I said, wow, okay, all right. I, I wanted to tell him, I don't want to buy a car. I just need a fob, you know? That's all. I, I, I don't need an engine. I just need a fob. Guess what I did when Benny told me it'd be $289? I went back and started looking again. Jesus tells a story just like that in Luke chapter 15. In fact, he tells a story about three things that got lost. The first thing in the story that gets lost, or the first story about lost things, is a shepherd who lost a sheep. Right, Exactly. And he goes out, leaves the 99 in the pen, and goes out to find the lost one. The second story I could relate to a lot more, it's a lady who lost a fob. Well, he didn't say she lost a fob. She lost a coin, something of great value. It was a silver coin. She had 10 and lost one. Some uh, historians will tell you that back in the day, Jesus' day, there was no Bank of America. There wasn't even a Bank of Jerusalem. There wasn't a Wells Fargo or any of that. If you had money, you kept it in some valuable form like silver or gold. And sometimes women would have a dowry necklace where the coins were actually on it. 
And some suggest that because there's a certain amount of coins that she had, it may have been they were sewn into this necklace because you'd want to keep it with you, right? You'd want to have it close to you. And one of them had fallen off and she panics. The Bible says she stays up and she lights a light and she searches and she sweeps the house. I mean, she just does everything to find this coin. In fact, it says she searches until she... Anybody know what comes next? Finds. No, dies. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to find it. No, that's... Wow, that would be intense. Grandma, give it up. It's been 20 years. No, I'm going to get it. Wow, okay. No, she searches... So creative. (laughs) She searches, everybody say, until she finds it. Which is why my dad always used to say, I can tell you where you're going to find that thing. Where? The last place you look. That's right. (laughs) Because you look until, oh, in that last place. That's when you find it, you quit looking, right? So a sheep would have a certain value. That coin would actually have greater value than the sheep. But the most valuable thing was a son. Now, we can actually say he lost two sons, but we're just going to focus on the younger son for this evening. Because the younger son makes a choice or two that in some ways really does ruin, everybody say this ruins everything. Yeah, yeah, it really, it really does. And to understand this choice, and I'm not going to use a word right now because I think it's a word that could... Some would think, oh, I can't believe you said that word. So I'm not going to say this word right now, but there's a term that gets used very seldom anymore. And some people, as soon as you use the word, you can even see them recoil. Because it's a word our society is, you can't say that in here. You shouldn't use that term. And yet it's a word that, well, Jesus seems to feel pretty strong about it, and the Scripture talks a lot about it. And it's a word about a choice. Hang on, I'll, I'll get to the word in a second. Let's set it up with Jesus' story. So he's told about the lost sheep, and he's told about the lost coin, and then he says, there was a man who had how many sons? Two. A man who had two sons. And the younger one said to his father, now I'm just curious It's always easier for me to remember something if I see it. Is there a dad in this room? If you're a dad in this room, just raise your hand high. Go ahead. Be proud of it. Awesome. Is there a dad in this room whose son is in this room? Aaron, is your son here? Oh, he'll be here tomorrow morning. Okay. Is your son here, sir? Where's your son? Wow. Dad, son. Perfect. Let's bring him up with a round of applause. All right. Sweet. Are you guys from, uh, you from Orange County? Mission Viejo Church Christ? Know the church? Know the church? Good place. My name's Jeff. What's yours? Adam, so glad to have you here, man. Come right over here. And, and what's your name, Dad? Paul. Paul. All right, Paul, I'm going to ask you to stand right here. Okay. Now, Adam, I want you to imagine that your dad is a fairly wealthy man. Maybe that's not hard for you to imagine, right? Okay. So... So your dad has got not just enough money to take care of things for now. Dude, he has got money put away. He has got more money than the family needs. In fact, you know that dad has got over a million dollars, stocks, bonds, in the bank. And you also know something else. You know that dad has made a will. And in the will, he gives some of it to you. Now, here's the problem, though. How how old are you, man? 17. 17 years old. Can I be honest? If dad's going to give you, say, a quarter mil, $250,000, Wouldn't it be cool, rather than have to wait, because he looks pretty fit, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Rather than have to wait until dad dies, would it be kind of a blessing for you to get it now? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you, absolutely. So why don't you just tell dad, I'm tired of waiting for you to die. I'd like my money now. Sounds like a great plan, doesn't it? Let me get out of your way and um, hang on. I need a, can I, will one of these wireless work, guys? All right, can I? We, hey, by the way, we have an awesome tech crew in the back. Give it up for the awesome tech crew in the back. Okay. I have got mic number 19. And, uh, oh, look at that. All right. Okay. So this is your mic. Here we go. All right. Great. And I'm going to give Dad a mic because he might have a thing or two to say here in just a minute. And uh, this is mic number 20. Okay. All right. Okay. So let's just imagine Dad is, you know, I don't know watching whatever dad watches, you know, some sports thing on TV and just chilling, right, on a Saturday, just, just kicking back. And into the den comes Adam. You ready? Okay, speak into your mic. Go for it. Not my money. <laughs> no. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, my word. Excuse me, just a sec, dad. Adam, Adam, come here. Look at me, look at me. Listen to me. You need to, number one, at least get his attention with a, hey, dad. Okay, all right? Because he's watching TV and he's not even paying attention, right? Okay? So, hey, dad. And then you need to tell him, I'm tired of waiting for you to die. Okay? Try, try saying that in the mic, okay? Hey, dad, I'm tired of waiting for you to die. Okay, can you say it with a little more like, man, I mean business. I'm not, I'm not a little kid anymore. I'm 17. I'm not joking around, okay? Try it. Sorry. Hey, Dad, I'm good. Hey, Dad, I'm just tired of waiting for you to die. Like, come okay. on. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, we're not trying to get Dad to die. We're just like, I'm tired of waiting for you to die. And then I want you to stick out your hand like this and say, I want my inheritance now. Okay. Try, try just saying that part. I want my inheritance like now. Okay, okay. You are totally, completely not going to get it with that attitude. I need you to take charge. Dude, you're 17, okay? In other countries, 17-year-olds are like, you know, they're off on your own, you know? They're uh, doing whatever they do. I mean, you know, back when, when my dad was young, my dad was driving a tractor, and he was, he was owning what he did a little bit at 17. Okay, all right, so, so let's just try that one more time. I want my inheritance now, Dubor. I want my money now. Okay, not just money, my inheritance, okay? One more time. I want my inheritance now. Okay, all right, you ready? Yeah. Okay, when you walk in there, you own it, okay? All right? Okay. <laughs> tell him, tell him, you can do this, you can do this. All right. Dad? Yes. Football, basketball, football. baseball, football. Okay, you're watching football. Who's your team? Who, no, no, who's your team? <laughs> De All right, okay. You are watching a hot Broncos game, and this boy is going to try and interrupt you, so, you know, you can deal with it. Okay, okay, shh, shh. Here we go, here we go. And take two. Okay. Hey, Dad. I'm tired of waiting for you to die, so can I have, like, my inheritance now? Uh, I'm sorry, what did you say? <laughs> That's good, Dad. That's very good. Tell him tired. again, tell him again. I'm tired of waiting for you to die. Can I have my inheritance now? I'm no, no, I'm, I'm busy right now. One more time, Adam. I'm tired of waiting for you to die. Can I just have the money, please? All right, hold, hold up, freeze, 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 freeze. Put your hand out. No, no, not your hand. <laughs> look at him like, what? And you put your hand out like, I want my money, Adam, yeah. And look at him, look him in the eye like, what are you thinking, what? Okay, freeze, freeze, freeze. Look at him, what, freeze. Now listen, guys. What is the chances that his dad is about to say, why, sure, son, here's a quarter million dollars. How many would say zero? Okay, all right. What is the chances his dad's going to say, you punk, what do you mean waiting for me to die? Get in there, you're, you're restricted for the rest of your life. Now, what are the chances that's his dad's going to be okay, okay? And what's the chance his dad's just going to go, whatever, and just keep watching the football game? Okay, all right. Here's the way Jesus dropped everybody's jaw in the circle. It's because when the boy came and asked for this, Dad said, well, 
okay, and handed him the inheritance. What? Try it, Dad. Ask him again, Adam. I'm tired of waiting for you to die. Can you just give me the money? <laughs> no, I gave it to your sister earlier today. No, 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 Dad. You gotta, you gotta give it to. You gotta say why. Of course, son. Here. Why, of course, son. Here. Do you got a wallet on you, Dad? No. <laughs> what do you got? You got anything? <laughs> Hand it to him. That could work. <laughs> Take off. I would leave if I were you. All right, now freeze frame a sec. I, I, I just got to process this with you quick. What is Jesus trying to set us up for? First off, we're listening to the story and we say, no way. No way is the dad going to do that. And Jesus says, Yahweh. <laughs> Take your time. And we're all listening, thinking, what's going to happen next? Because in scene two, everybody say, thank you, dad. Thank you very much, dad. You're dismissed. In scene two, Adam, who now has... Who now has, oh dude, American Express. All right, okay. Adam, who now has cash, who now has buying ability at 17, yes! What does the Bible say he did? Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a, excuse me? What does it say? A distant country. In other words, I'm getting out of town. I'm leaving Mission Viejo or Bakersfield or whatever in my rearview mirror. I'm going to the big city, right? I am going to Lodi. Or uh, uh, I, I'm going to Vegas. I'm going to Vegas. So he heads to Vegas. And it says he squandered his wealth in, what's the next two words? Everybody say while living. Now, Adam, if you went to Vegas and there was nobody to say no to you because you got your dad's ID too, right? You can get anything you want. You can go anywhere you want. You can drink anything you want. You can be with Quit smiling, Adam, will you? You can, you, you can be with anyone you want. Adam, you can live like a rock star in Vegas. And you do. But after a fairly short period of time, all of this is what? gone. And I love that last little phrase. Do you see the last five words there? He began to what? To be in need. In other words, catch death. In other words, all of a sudden, you got pockets? Can you turn them inside out? Can you can I pull the insides out? Yeah, other one too. Huh, your phone's in this one? You don't have a phone. You lost your phone in Vegas. Okay, all right. Come here. So all of a sudden, poor Adam here has nothing. I know. So sweet. That's mom. She's like, oh, honey, give him another credit card. No. Because this is a story in which we get a chance to look from the outside and say, Adam. You made, everybody say, you made some poor choices. Now, by the way, I'm not even going to get into this, but you just need to know there's some people who read this story and say, there's the guy to blame right there. Dad. I mean, Dad, I know. <laughs> you know, I wonder, I always wonder in the prodigal son story what the mom says when Dad comes in, you know. Eh, I just gave him a quarter meal. What? What? Don't you know Adam? He's a bonehead. He's going he's, he's, he's gonna to waste it. He doesn't know the value of a dollar. He's going to get out there and get hurt. No, I can't believe you did this. Now, 
we all know how parables work, right? Does everybody know what the word parable, parabole, where it comes from? There's a, you do? You, huh? What's the meaning of the word? Right, exactly. It's a short story that is often a metaphor, a comparative, because here's where the word, I think this is interesting. Here's where the word comes from. Okay, para is the word for like alongside, uh, like a parachurch organization or, um, uh, huh? Paralegal, right? A paralegal is someone who works alongside a lawyer. So para is the one, a word for, a phrase for alongside. And then bale is the word for to throw. We, maybe you can think of bowl, but so to cast alongside. Now, now think about this. So Jesus is laying this story about Adam and his dad here. What is he laying it next to? He's laying it next to the truth about God and you and you and me. So here's the truth about my relationship with God. And Jesus says, let me lay something down next to it so you can see it easily. Now in this story, who do you think the dad, the one with the power, the one with the goods, who do you think he represents? God. I'd agree. In fact, Jesus is going to say, hey, this is, this is the way it is in heaven. Rejoicing, right? So who do you think Adam represents? Yeah, I think so. So here is Adam representing us. And he makes some really painful choices. Everybody give Adam a big, huge round of applause, would you? In fact, what, 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 you got something? Did you grab something? Adam, we have a, huh? Oh, your phone. Oh. Oh, dude, no, it's an iPhone this nice. No, here, Adam, here. In fact, there's a Pepperdine shirt for you right there. So, hey, thank you, Adam. All right, good. So, so let's really quick break this down because we've got to start tonight with the bad news. Thank you so much, Brian, for giving me this particular lesson. Because what we have to do tonight is we have to talk about what ruins everything. And let me go ahead and use the S word, and I apologize for anybody if this offends you. But the S word is sin. Yeah, you were thinking of a different S word, weren't you? Stop that. Okay, all right. So the, the S word, he's like, what? No. The S word, the S word is sin. It is a word that is dirty and ugly and messy. Some people say, oh, don't use that word. That sounds like grandma. Oh, you sinner, you. You're just a sinner. Nobody pays, nobody cares about sin anymore. If I talk with my friends about sin, they're going to laugh at me. Well, let me tell you, the devil loves that. It's the best marketing work he's ever done. Because he makes people think that sin doesn't really exist. Doesn't really matter. But as somebody who has worked with teenagers and families for, wow, it's embarrassing, 40 years, I... Thank you. I could, I, I, I could bring up here a dad who would not be able to tell you the story of his son for weeping. And what ruined everything? Just whisper it. Sin. I could bring up here a mom who would give her right arm if she could have her family back. But she got involved outside their marriage and blah, blah, blah. What was it that ruined everything? Yeah. I'd have to bring a teenager back from the dead, and I can't do that. But if I could, I'd have him stand here and tell you about a choice that led to a choice that led to a choice that led to the end of his life. And he would say, yeah, I can tell you the word that ruined everything. Yeah. So please don't be fooled 
by somebody. Oh, this is a thing of sin. You know, it's all, it's all just a matter of your perspective. So let's just, let's just take this parabole, this moment with this boy, and let's just stand in his sandals or really bare feet as he comes back home. And at each moment, watch how it works. Go to the next slide if you guys would for me back there. When he hits bottom, the Bible says he went and hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him to his field to feed pigs. One of the reasons it may have said a citizen of the country because this wasn't a, this wasn't a Jew and probably wasn't a Jew because he's re- raising pigs, he's raising unclean animals. So he's in a foreign land and he's there with somebody who is not kin. He's got no one to help him. And so he takes whatever you think the lowest job in the world would be. You know, cleaning the toilets in the, uh, I don't know. Public, yeah, in the prison. Okay, all right, good as any. Taco Bell. Don't, don't, don't. So I want you just to think about a, just like, oh man, no, I would never want that job. Now, as a Jewish boy feeding pigs, he is breaking every rule that he was raised with. He's saying, oh, this is terrible. And then, watch this moment. He's got a, I, I see him with it, with a bucket. And it's a bucket of trash from the kitchen. It's a bucket of, of junk. It's dumpster diving, only it's slop. And you give it to the pigs. The pigs love, pigs will eat anything. And he is so tired. And he is so stinking hungry that as he walks to the pig pen, he finds himself looking in the bucket. just wants even to take a bite of pig slop. Now freeze frame that, guys. No kid wakes up in junior high and says, you know what? I really hope within five or ten years I can become a meth addict and be ready to sell my blood just to get a little more drugs. Nobody says that. No beautiful young girl in middle school says, you know what? I'm hoping within like five or six years, I'll have had two or three abortions and maybe have a guy who pays me to have sex with strangers. There's no junior high girl or guy that says, that's what I want to do in my life. And yet you don't have to watch much news or read much about sex trafficking or addiction to find out that there are people who end up there like this this boy who's got this handful of garbage. But if you get to a place where you go, dude, garbage is better than nothing, right? The love of this gang... Is better than no love at all. The love of the person who will pay me for my body, isn't that better than no love at all? Or man, the high I feel, the love I feel when the needle hits my vein. I know I'm going to feel awful later, but at least for a second, I feel happy. How do you get there? Because when Adam left his dad, he wasn't thinking, pig slop for me, pig slop for me. No, he wasn't. So let's talk a little bit about three practical thoughts about what happens and what, what sin does to us. Rock forward for me, if you would, on the PowerPoint. Sin, everybody say, sin looks good. Now I want all the parents to say, until it looks bad. Yeah. All right. Teens, let's try this. Teens say the black. Parents say the yellow. Here we go. Teens, sin. Yeah. Yeah. It's this moment when like all of a sudden I realize, whoa, whoa, whoa. This looked like such a good idea. And then the flip, the script flips on me. All right. I'll tell it quick. 
Rodney was my nephew. Rodney lived out in Redlands, out in the IE, and this was back a number of decades ago when you could ride horses and do, do, do that kind of crazy stuff out in Corona, and it was just, it was, a, it was a different time. I lived in Downey, which is in Los Angeles. There are no horses in Downey at all, right? except the kind that are underneath a Mustang hood. That's the only kind of horses you'll find going up and down Imperial Elementary School. So when I would go out to Rodney's, um, we'd, we could do fun, cool things, but then he'd come to visit me in L.A., and I always felt so lame. My dad was the preacher, so we lived right next door to the church building, so we didn't even have a backyard. We had a parking lot. The church parking lot was my backyard. So you could go out and like ride bikes, but if you fall on a bike ride on asphalt, no fun. Play ball? Yeah, you could, but as soon as it goes over the fence and hits the neighbor's window, then we're all toast. And so Rodney came, and he's like, there's nothing to do. And I said, yeah, yeah, there is. Um, you ever played hose telephone? He said, what's that? I said, it's like, it's like we're, we're secret agents, and we can communicate through a hose. What are you talking about? I said, come here. Let's go in the backyard. So we go behind the house. And we had this little tiny little plot of grass. And I said, I tell you what, here, you take this hose. And I'm going to go and take the other end around the other side of the house. And, and I'll get the other end and I'll talk into it. And you should be able to hear me. Oh, okay, okay, that's kind of cool. So I go and I get the other end of the hose. Only you will never guess where the other end of the hose was. It was hooked up to the water faucet. And for just a moment... Everybody say, sin looks good. <laughs> Rodney, who had been making fun of where I live. Rodney, who was two years, three years younger than me and is always smarting off. Rodney with his, hey, let's go horseback riding in my place. Yeah, right. To this day, I don't exactly know how it happened. <laughs> but I, I was really going to take the hose off only instead my hand got caught on the knob of the... And I turned and I turned and I turned. And I hollered, hey Rod, can you hear me? Hold it close to your ear. Everybody say, sin looks good. Yeah, I knew, I knew, I knew I shouldn't have. And I went running around the other side of the house thinking I could beat the water there so I could see it. The water had already started squirting by the time I got around the house. But Rodney was standing there holding it to his ear like this. Water is shooting in over here. It's coming out the other ear. I mean, it's just like, it's like a cartoon scene. And I'm just, ah! And Rodney is screaming, screaming. And when he finally throws the hose down, you know what happens when a hose is like, really, the water's turned on, you throw it down, it becomes a killer snake. And Rodney now is being sprayed, and he's screaming, and he's holding his ear, and he runs in the house. Well, I run around the other side of the house, and I turn off the hose, but I am laughing the whole way. It is the funniest thing I have ever seen in my life. And by the time I got around to the other side and started to put the hose back, my dad came around the corner. My dad had been in the house when Rodney came running in the house and explained what I had done. And Rodney's mother, my older sister, is saying, I think he burst his eardrum. I think he burst. And so that the moms, my mom and my sister, who my sister's much older than me, are both like working with Rodney. And, and my dad is hearing them say, he, he, can you hear? I can't hear anything out of this ear. So when my dad comes out of that house, he is not a happy camper. I had fallen down on the grass and was just laying there laughing so hard. And I opened my eyes and there was my dad. And he was looking down at me. And he was not laughing. And he began to take his belt off. Yeah. Um, my father had not read the research on uh, corporal punishment. He did not know how ineffective it is in the long term. And I quit laughing. Everybody say, sin looks good. Say until it looks bad. Sin is designed to put the shiny side out. To put the fun of, you've never done this. You've never been high. You've never been drunk? Dude, have you never shoplifted anything? Oh my word, you've got to be kidding me. 
Walk with me. Walk with me. I'll show you how. And before you know it, there I am. You've, excuse me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you just say you've never had sex with your girlfriend? How long have you guys been dating? Six months. You've got to be kidding me, dude. What's wrong with you? You know, do you need, do you need, you need some kind of medicine? I mean, what's the problem? Everybody say sin looks good. Oh, yeah, because it is part of our broken nature that from the very beginning, the basic sin story of Adam and Eve, this beautiful, ugly story in which Satan says, hey, here, 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 here. The way I like to think of sin is is if you imagine that there's kind of a sphere around me, and it's a sphere of safety. It's a sphere of good air. It's a sphere of wholeness. And Satan says, hey, Walling, all you got to do is take one step outside that sphere. Oh, man, is it good out here. Everybody say sin looks good. Until it looks bad. Yeah. Because the other thing you need to know is that sin is a choice. Can I get all the guys to say sin is a choice? choice. Can I get all the girls to say that often takes away choices? You see, here's the the, the weird, destructive thing about sin. I think that I can just, I can just, well, I can just choose. I can do it. It's my choice. And I make the choice. And then all of a sudden, that choice is like a domino that tips another, that tips another, that tips another. And all of a sudden, oh, by the way, when my dad got me in the house and the ladies were getting ready to take Rodney to the doctor, there were plans for all of us to go to a circus that was in town. Guess who didn't go to the circus? Guess who couldn't stay up after dinner? Guess who did all of his sister's chores for the next months? Guess who hated life? When Rodney got back and his eardrum wasn't burst, but the doctor says, well, it could have. Oh, man, my mom, do you know how close you came? Do you know how close you came? And I'm like, he's not hurt. He's outside playing. Oh, you, I can't believe that attitude. Everybody say sin is just a choice that often takes away other choices. Um, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even want to tell you two or three stories that immediately pop to mind about people who today could not come to this because of sin choices that they made and their life has not ended up like they want because they don't have the freedom you have to go where you'd like to go or because they've lost more than just freedom. Lost family, some of them lost lives. Guys, I have the undesirable job of holding up the ugliest thing in the world, and it's called sin, and saying the worst thing this does is it separates you from God. It stands between you and the the one who loves you most, the one who has the hope you need. And the sad truth about sin is, is you can't undo it. Oh, let me tell you, if I could have unhosed my nephew... If I could have unwatered his ear, if I could have just backed up time like Superman going backwards around the planet, if I could just turn the time clock backwards, oh, would I have done it? But you can't. You see, some Christians feel like, well, that's why I go to church is I'm, is I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm repaying for my sin. I'm taking care of my sin by doing good things. Time out, friend. Um... We used to live right next door to the Rains, and the Rains had cats. I'm not a big cat fan. We had dogs. Um, dogs? The Bible teaches dogs are going to heaven. Cats, no. But dogs, no, I'm kidding. Um, so, so on occasion, if I was in a hurry, backing down a very long driveway we used to have when I lived in Charlotte, North Carolina, if one of the Rains' cats had dashed across our driveway and I was backing up fast, I probably wouldn't have seen it. I want you to go with me. You ready? This is not going to be pleasant for the cat lovers, but just go with me, okay? We're backing up in a car and thump, thump. Oh, no, I jump out. Oh. 
Rainbow is flat. No. Okay, right now, how can I undo what I've done? Okay, don't say pull forward. That will not do it, okay? That will not undo it. Well, you just go and pay them. You just go and, and give retribution, some would say. That's what, that's what Christians do. They just pay for their sins by living good. Okay, so I grab Rainbow, and I run next door, and I knock on the rain's door, and I say, I'm so sorry this is your cat, but I've got like 40 bucks right here, and I, and, and I want to pay you for the cat. Do I need more? How much money do I need? Is this a $100 cat? I know they got it at the pound. Is this a, is this, I'll, give you, I'll give you 500 bucks for the cat. As their children come running to the door to say, Hey, Mom, what? Do you think 500 bucks is going to fix it? No. You see, I can't pay them enough. We'll just replace it. Good idea. I'll just go find another that has the two little white wraps around the tail that this one had. And if not, a little spray paint. There you go, here. Rainbow 2, there you are. Son of rainbow, there you go. Are then they going to hug me and say, oh, now it's taken care of? No, they're not. They're going to say, you sick person, get off our land, get off our porch, get away from us. Guys, when, I'm going to go here. When you lie to your folks, when you break your mom's heart, when you take advantage of a friend at school, when you cheat, When you look at the pornography that degrades another human, when you take advantage of somebody, you backed over the cat, and I, nor you, nor anybody around here can't just fix it. But I cannot end with this bad news. So I'll end with this. You can't undo sin. Go to that last slide, guys. But praise God, it can be forgiven. Can I get an amen? Because this changes everything. Sin ruins everything. But what changes everything is God said, I know you can't, but Jesus can't. And through an amazing, unexpected, crazy move, the Father, who, by the way, gave you and me the ability to go to Vegas. We're not robots. The Father, who so loved you that he, that he said, I tell you what, I'll give my son for you. In a way, I fully don't even understand how it works. But I know that for so many of us Christians who have heard a thousand times, for God so, say it with me, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him should not, we've, we've heard it and we've sung it. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. We sing that. It's like, yeah, 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 we know. Well, tonight's purpose was to back us up and realize Sin is an ugly, life-messing-up thing. That even when I'm forgiven, I so wish I could pull out of my hard drive certain files. Because I'm forgiven, right? I'm forgiven. God forgets it. Unfortunately, I can't. And I wish I could hit delete like you can on a computer and just make a file disappear. Move it to the trash, hit empty trash, boom, gone. But I, I can't. Can anybody here who knows what I'm talking about say, oh yeah? Oh yeah. Praise God I'm forgiven. Praise God I am forgiven. Don't imagine that sin just disappears. No, we own it. We try and learn from it.
what a blessing that this dark, ugly thing that can ruin everything can be changed by Jesus Christ. It's my prayer for you this weekend that if you, as we talked about this tonight, if you sat here thinking, oh man, I've got this, oh, and maybe I mentioned something to your thing, or maybe I mentioned something close to it and it caused you to go, oh, oh, I, that's okay. Because until we know what it feels like to lose it, we aren't excited when we realize God can restore it. November the 9th, my wife and I were out of town. In fact, we were actually out of the country. And a wildfire called the Woolsey Fire. Any of you hear about the Woolsey Fire? Yeah. Swooped down, jumped across a freeway, the 101 freeway, burned through Malibu Canyon, and then burned over the hill at Pepperdine University. Now, we weren't there. And we're hearing these stories, and then we see on the TV a shot of the Pepperdine campus, and behind the hill where our house was, <laughs> there's a wall of flames. We called a friend, got a hold of him. He was on campus. They were sheltering in place, which is the safest thing they can do at Pepperdine, and because they've got the fire department there. And he got outside, went down, and took a, a picture with his phone. I will never forget getting that picture on my phone. There were two, three palm trees. It's looking from center of campus up towards the hill where we live. A wall of flame. It looked like a, a movie set. A wall of flames. And I showed it to my wife. And we both thought the same thing. We lost our house. And then we started going through the inventory of everything we'd lost. Um, I, had a, I had a valise of my father's sermons. The original, ones that he typed out and marked on. Completely irreplaceable. All of our clothing, all of our important papers, um, the baby pictures of each of our boys, we'd never digitize them. Things that my wife had gotten from her grandmother, things I had received from my mom. All our parents are gone. And some of these were the only things. And then all of the videotapes of our boys growing up. You know, we'd meant to digitize them and put them in the cloud. We hadn't done it. We talked about it, went to bed. I don't know how much she slept, but I kept waking up thinking of other things. The next morning, the goal was to get back home as quickly as we could. Fire was still raging, so we could not even get back to get to campus. But a friend said, they've got the fire out up there. Do you, do you want pictures? And we both said, yeah, yeah, please. So my buddy from the chaplain's office, Eric Wilson, kind of snuck to his car and drove up on the hill. This blackened hillside. A car had been incinerated in the parking lot of Dresher but many of the buildings were still standing. And he shot a video and sent it to us. And in the video, you see him come up to the street where our houses were. And then the video turns. Our whole street was untouched. Everything was there. My wife and I are looking at this video like, no way. The fire came to within 40 paces of my front door. Now, don't think, oh, he saved it because you're a good person because there were some really great people at Pepperdine whose houses burned down. But, thank you, God, ours didn't. 
I tell you that story not just because the brave firemen that helped at Pepperdine, but because when we saw our house, yes, yes. Do you know why we felt that way? See, tonight, you're going to walk out in the parking lot, and none of you are going to go, the van's still here. It's still here. Our car is here. My stuff is here. No. You're going to walk out like, of course it's there. If it's not there, you'll freak out, right? Because you don't think it's lost. Sin is potent. And you and I are lost without Jesus Christ. And the whole group said, bow your head. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for moments to even look into the dark pit of that which is sin that ruins everything. But now, God, we thank you for a weekend when we can actually rejoice and talk about how you changed everything through Jesus Christ. Bless this weekend, we pray in Christ's name. And all that agree say, amen. Hey, can we all say thank you to Westside for hosting all of us this weekend. Amen. And all you Westsiders, I look forward to being back with you because they're letting me preach Easter Sunday here at Westside. So, yeah. So look forward to being back with you to celebrate the day in which we remember resurrection that changed everything. Brian, what's next, man? Come on down. Hey, turn to the person next to you and say, you stayed awake the whole way. Just congratulate them. Wait, don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. <laughs>